0: season four episode six this is an episode that i've been wanting to do for a long time i'm a huge washington wizards
1: fan so is my boy greg finberg what's going on homie how we doing we're doing great man summer league coming up um finally got through the the dead period of the off season a lot of trades picking up a lot of stuff to do with the Wizards. so i'm excited to come on here and talk to you about it let's do it so greg how
0: about you introduce yourself tell a little bit about who you are and for those of you that are tuning in today Greg has taken over Wizards wizard Twitter. I mean, he is my new source with all things wizards. So just want to put that out there. Definitely follow him. I'll, I'll attach his username, yeah. to social media, but how about you like, tell us a little bit about your page and how it's mm-hmm. grown to what it's. Yeah.
1: Been. So, um, my name is Greg Finberg, uh, same name on Twitter. Um, you know, I just tweet about the wizards. I'm a, a fan first. I feel like that's a, a big reason why some people have been attracted to my page. Um, you know, I'm, I don't I don't just like tweeting about the team, you know, telling people like what's going on. I want to give some analysis, some breakdowns from fans perspective. Uh, I'm always going to be honest, but also uh, I'm not going to be overreacting to a lot of things, you know, um, for the Wizards and for Wizards fans. It's been tough the last couple of years. Obviously, we haven't been that great. And we also haven't been bad enough to get one of these great players Um So finding that spot where you can kind of still make the seasons fun, even in the parts where they're already eliminated. That's something that I've tried to do, but yeah, you can follow me over there on Twitter. That's where I do most of my stuff. Um, I also write for bullets forever. Uh, usually do about an article per week over there. So you can find me there. I also have my own blog called wizards wave that I'll, I'll do some stuff on from here and there. Uh, so you can follow those. They're all linked in my uh, profile on Twitter as well. But yeah, just, Huge Wizards fan first, and I'm lucky enough to have people who want to hear my takes.
0: Yeah, and this kid's a rising star. He's going to be a sophomore in college, so I'm impressed. I love what he's putting out there. So happy you joined today, and let's just dive right in. Before we talk about what's going on right now, because what a time to be a Wizards fan. I mean, they're actually making moves. We have a competent front office, but I just want your opinion on the past. Obviously, we've been... Horrific. It's been hard to be a fan just because we're picking ninth and 12th and 11th every year. We're picking mid every year. Um, You know, what what are your takeaways over the past couple of years since, you know, you've been really a fan in the Ernie era or the Tommy Shepard era? You know, were there any highs for you? The only high I can really think of is that game six against Boston um, uh, but I don't, I don't know
1: what do you, What are your uh, takeaways from the past? Well, I you uh, you mentioned I'm only 19, so from from as far back as I can remember, it's when John and and Brad were finally starting to become the duo that we remember them as, probably around 2013, 14, when we drafted Otto. The the team's never been I feel like I've never entered a season and, and thought that we could legitimately win a championship, which is pretty upsetting, pretty sad to say. Yeah. But I'd say that 2017 team, that was the one time where I, I was like, Yeah, like we might we might be able to, to shock some people. And look, if we if we beat Boston that game seven, if Kelly Olinick doesn't turn into prime MJ in that game seven, we win. And we we play the Cavs pretty tight most of that, most of that season, even in 2016, 2015, it will, we have beat them. Probably not. Like we probably would have lost, but the fact that we didn't get there still hurts. Cause we haven't made the, the conference final since 78, 79 when we won it. So that that's probably the, the one time in my, my uh, time as a fan that I, I genuinely thought we could maybe win a championship. Uh, and then the last couple of years since John got hurt, 2018, You've had Brad dealing with certain injuries, the supermax, the no trade clause, Tommy Shepard coming in here and trying to make the play in tournament instead of bottoming out and rebuilding. And it's just been a, a never ending circle these last four or five years of mediocrity in DC. And I'm just I'm kinda I'm just glad that we can turn the page and get through that. I'm not, I don't I don't need to win a championship this year or next year. The roster is clearly not good enough to do that now, but Right. It's just nice and refreshing as a fan that after all these years where we're trying to fight back, but we're not doing it the right way. We have someone that's came in here and, and gutted the roster and is trying to build this contender the way it should be built instead of just pushing pieces left and right to make the plan.
0: Absolutely. And very well said. Um, They've been mediocre. And Shepard has literally been caught in interviews saying our goal is to make the playoffs. I don't know what he's on because no goal should be to make a playoffs. Your goal should be to win the championship. And because of that quote unquote goal, I think they were content with what they were not fully content, but I think there was really no sense of urgency. And, you know, the Ernie Grunfeld era, please don't get me started with that. But the Tommy Shepard era, sometimes I felt good because the rush trade, technically we won that trade value wise. I mean, we got coups out of that trade. We got Casey, like, we won that trade. So winning these trades gave us, like, a glimmer of hope every time because it was just like, oh, like, they won, they got value. But, like, none of these positions put us as a contender. And just like you mentioned, Brad's mess of a contract. I love Brad, but not a number one option. He's not. He's literally a number three option on the team now. So you build around a guy that's really not – a number one option especially when he has the worst contract in the league when he's getting paid more than most people plus a no trade call it's it's miserable so yeah we don't have to talk about the past anymore let's talk about what's going on right now a lot of moves Beal's finally gone he's on Phoenix a lot of people were questioning the trade at first but then once we flipped Chris Paul for pool and the picks and everything like that I think people started putting a little bit of respect on winger what are your takeaways from Winger so far? I have nothing but great things to say about him. I think for what it's been, considering the contract, considering the no trade clause, Beal have the ability to literally decide what he's traded for. He could edit the packages. As messed up as it sounds, that was the truth. So I give him props. Kind of wanted your take on you know this new front office.
1: Yeah, look, Michael Winger inherited a, a really tough situation. He didn't have... He didn't come into a place where like the roster is already built. He can come in here and make some minor changes. Like He needed to do a full overhaul. He came in and inherited maybe the worst contract in NBA history in Bradley Beale's Supermax contract. And he, he had to look at himself in the mirror and say, look, do I want this team to be the sixth to eighth seed with a ce- uh, uh, ceiling of the fifth seed? Uh, and, and never really compete, or can I just finally get rid of this guy's contract? It was obvious that we were never going to get equal value for this guy because, number one, he can dictate where he wants to go, and number two, his contract's so bad that not a lot of people want to take it on. So it's an impressive feat in itself that he's no longer on our team. What's even more impressive is the haul we got for him. And look, he gave it – for for those that don't fully grasp or understand the how how bad this no-trade clause is – Brad basically said to to Winger, look, do you guys want me here or not? Michael Winger said, no, we really don't. We prefer to trade you, but we're going to trade you obviously where you want to go. Not only because you've been here for so long, but because you literally can veto any trade and any trade package that we bring back in your no trade clause. So he said, look, Brad, we want to move on from you. Give me a couple of teams that you would waive your no trade clause for. Brad said, I would waive it for the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. The Wizards then worked the phones. They got the trade packages from the teams. The reported one by Josh Robbins of the Athletic for the Heat was like here, uh Oladipo, Hero, and two first round picks. Yeah, bro. which was a good package. Like getting first round picks for Brad was great. The Bucks couldn't offer anything. They had one 20-30 first-round pick and like Marjan Beauchamp. They would have to throw in someone like Middleton to make the salaries work. And it just it didn't, it didn't make sense for us. And then Phoenix came in and without any first round picks that they, cause they traded them all the way in the Kevin Durant trade. They basically were like, you can have any second round pick and pick swap you want. And we'll give you some salary fillers. And we were like, well, we kind of would prefer the Miami deal. And then Brad came in and said, actually, I'm only waving it for Phoenix. I want to go there. So then Michael Winger was like, well, what am I going to do? I have to accept this. So he took the best deal he could get. And when I, when I first heard about the trade, look, you clear 150 million in cap space from 2024 to 2026. Chris Paul is an expiring deal, which was great, and Shamit can be flipped at any time for a decent, uh, a decent return. Um, and obviously, we'll get through to the Jordan Pool trade, I'm sure, a little bit later. But to get four pick swaps, to get six second round picks, to get the return he got for what was considered the worst contract in the league, I think that's that's a win, and and I'm just I applaud him for for everything he's done so far.
0: I agree. I think it was definitely a dub on our side. I think at first, everyone was like, they didn't get a first. How did they not get a first for Bradley Beal? I think a lot of people were panicking, including myself. I'm not going to lie to you right now. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, like after seeing reports of Tyler Hero and multiple firsts and Lowry, you know, we expected that kind of package. So a little underwhelming at first. Then the pick swap information came out and it was like, okay, maybe we won that deal. And then the Jordan Poole trade happened. Then I think it made sense what they were doing and felt good. It really felt good. Um, and I want to talk about Jordan Poole. Interesting. I I, I think it's very interesting because he was a huge part of that Warriors championship two years ago. Then he threw some hands with Draymond, whatever, and it just kind of like messed either messed up his confidence or something. I, who knows? In my opinion. I don't think it's a Shea and OKC situation, but I think it's a very similar. I think he could truly be the face of the franchise, not fully, but he has all the freedom in the world. Him and Kuzma have all the freedom in the world. They can they might put up 30 points a game. There is no other legit scoring option as good as that. So what is your take on him and especially this young backcourt of Tyus Jones as well, because that addition, in my opinion, is one of the best. Obviously. Yeah.
1: Look, I, I tweeted out, like, this was, like, three days before Kuz re-signed in D.C., that I feel like Pool situation is pretty similar to Jordan Poole's situation, being that they were kind of role players, um, elevated role players in that, but they weren't stars, per se, on the championship teams they were on. Uh, and then who's obviously was involved in the rush trade to DC. Jordan Poole involved in the Chris Paul trade comes to DC, and they come to a place where they aren't that afterthought, fourth, fifth option, sometimes off the bench. They're looked at as a first or second option, always having the ball in their hands, looking to score. Uh, and obviously this was before Kuz uh was traded here, so Jordan Poole would have been the number one. I think Kuz comes in here as the number one now, at the, especially at the money he's he's making. Um, but it just it feels like they're both guys with big personalities, great scores, uh, and, and they just kind of like to be themselves on the court. And on championship teams, when you have to take a step back to guys like LeBron and Steph and Clay and Draymond and AD, it's hard to kind of be yourself. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. it. It seems like that Draymond situation not only affected both of them but it affected the team. It affected the culture that they have in Golden State. And it's probably a reason they didn't, they didn't make the conference finals or the finals this year. So I'm, I'm very happy for, for Jordan that he gets to come to a fresh start. Uh, You know, DC has been looked at for a while as a place where guys get their stats and move on and get their big contracts. So I don't want it to be like that where he can put up 30 points a game and we suck. Hopefully we're building towards something and he keeps getting better, but like you mentioned, I think the fresh start is just good for Jordan. I'm 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 hoping that he can come in here and he doesn't have to be an all-star, all-NBA player, but at least, you know, put up some good numbers and contribute to winning.
0: Yeah, he is the green light. He's also 24 years old. So a lot of room to grow. It's just very, it's very interesting because you look at the starting five, you got Tyus, you got Jordan Poole, I'm assuming Kispert, maybe. Um, Danny will start and Gafford. That five, don't, you know, let's not jump the gun. But nice five. Nice young five. I mean, they're all 24. Tyus is like 26, 27. Denny's 22. I mean, this is a young squad. They have flex, cap flexibility now. They have draft capital for the next year, a couple of years. They may suck. But I think that give us a couple of years, and I think we're talking about a really – I don't want to jinx it. And I don't want to say we're going to turn shit around, but we're headed in the right direction. I think this front office has the right idea. I think the moves that they've been making clearing house, taking on some expiring contracts, locking in some two young with some potential guys that could really blossom here in DC. Cause they both have the green light, you know, it's really exciting. And it may take a little bit, but I'm excited. What are our predictions for this year in terms of roster? The Wizards will probably make some more moves. Um, Gallinari probably won't be a Wizard for much longer. I think there might be a buyout there. Um, who knows about like Landry
1: Shamit? What can we expect? What do you think is going to happen? Well... As of right now, I can just read out. I tweeted this out a couple of days ago. If I had to make an educated guess, this is the Wizards roster right now. Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Corey Kispert, or Denny Avdia, Kyle Kuzma. I'm saying Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia in terms of starters. Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford. That'll probably be your starting five. The small forward, yeah, it's a little iffy, but uh, we'll we'll see about that and then you get down to the 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 depth you have Bilal Kulabali 7th pick uh Patrick Baldwin Jr Landry Shamet Danilo Gallinari who has been uh reported as a buyout candidate most likely will be bought out before the season if not he'll be flipped in a trade so I don't see him ever playing for the Wizards Mike Muscala decent backup big right now that's the spot that I'm a little concerned about we have Gafford starting Muscala's is an undersized stretch four, maybe can play the five, but I'd I'd like to maybe sign someone uh to play those minutes, especially with Gafford, who is not injury prone, but he plays a pretty reckless game in terms of how uh catching lobs and blocking shots. You never know what happened. Um, Johnny Davis, hopefully he steps up this year. Hopefully he gets some confidence. I know a lot of, like, whoever hears this is a Wizards fans will be like, like dude, shut up. Like, I think he's still a boss. And obviously a lot, of, like, you're entitled to that opinion. He was not good last year, but give the dude some time. I mean.
0: The thing is with Johnny Davis, he was horrific for most of the year. But when he started getting more minutes, he actually looked a little promising. So I'm a firm believer in him. I yeah, agree- he,
1: didn't, he, he didn't look too bad. Over the last, I think, five or six games, he was averaging, like, 15, six, and four. Like, he wasn't terrible. It's just the shot. If he can develop a shot, I feel like the driving game will come. Defensively, he's not that bad. So we'll have to see what he does in year two. We also have a log jam at the guard position. So unless we trade some other guys, I don't know who who's giving him some minutes. He's going to have to earn them. Mm-hmm. Uh, You got Anthony Gill, owed $1.9 million this year. Could be a potential wave candidate. Could be a... a trade piece in another trade i don't no, know I, I love
0: him. anthony anthony came on the podcast yeah. and that's my boy. <laughs> love him but yeah, I, I, I had agree a lot of
1: people him. like you know we should include gill like yeah you want to gut your roster when you're rebuilding and bringing all these young guys but you need people like anthony gill I, mean, I haven't heard a bad thing about anthony gill ever and you hear a lot about things like people about people in the organization but it just seems like he's a genuine dude and he just brings positivity and, and he's a good veteran presence so i hopefully we keep him uh, you got DeLon Wright probably play backup point guard to start the season behind Tyus Jones, um, Xavier Cooks entering. I would what I would call his rookie season. He barely played at the end of last year. You never know who he could be. Is it the twenty eight year old rookie from Australia, Ryan Rollins, another piece, second year from Toledo. Toledo, he's a point guard in the Warriors trade, and then Tristan Vucevic, uh, the I believe, uh, second round pick of the Wizards this season. At 42, he's a, uh, quote, draft and stash guy from overseas. But if the Wizards buy out his $850,000 contract, he'll come back over here and play this year. He'll be playing in Summer League, number double zero. You should look out for him. He's a power forward. He's really good. So hopefully he'll make the team and we'll buy him out. But that's the roster for right now. In terms of predictions... Um, I tweeted out the the starting lineup and it was an average age of 24.8 wins. And I had a lot of people clowning on me saying that's the exact age or the, it's the exact number of wins you're going to get. Like it might be, I'm not like, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Like we might suck and we probably will not be that good, but at least if we win 30 to 35 games, it's going to be because we're rebuilding, not because we're trying to make the playoffs and we're still terrible. That's the worst part. Like we had when you look at our roster like we had Bradley Beal and Chris Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma and we won 35 games. That's pretty sad. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to overthink it. I I don't think we're going to be good. I don't I really don't know right now if we're going to make the playoffs, which is weird for me because I'm I'm a pretty optimistic fan, but I just kind of want to build towards winning. If we are not good, but I like a lot of the stuff I see, then I'll I'll call it a successful year.
0: 100%. And I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I I'm with you. I'm very optimistic. People know that about me. Look, don't make the playoffs this year. Don't make it next year. Build. This is a building era. You see what Sacramento's doing. You see what all these teams are doing, even Phoenix. You saw, you saw what they were doing. They were at the bottom of the barrel. And now, yeah, you know, they added KD and Beal, but they went to the finals with Booker and C. Like, this is an era where. A clean house, first of all, front office and the actual roster. And now you have the right mindset of getting a mix of young players and expiring contracts that can free up cap space for the future. Not tank, but don't, don't, don't win. <laughs> like, just we are so content with the future being built. So give us number one overall pick. Let's make moves let's develop these young guys that's all i care about we we're, we're the worst team in the league one of them it's not up for debate really and i'm totally okay with that i'm very excited to see what this front office is going to do not just now but for years to come we've never really had this and i know i keep saying that but like i'm i'm still obsessed with the fact that winger is motivated and dedicated to building for the future. We settled for mediocrity. We settled for making the playoffs as the eight seed. Oh, we made the playoffs. It's okay. It's time to build, as crazy as it sounds, it's time to attempt to build a dynasty. And it's time to go now. So I'm with you on that. I want to talk about the draft. Bilal, in my opinion, I think it's a great idea. We're in no position to win. You should just draft the project and see how he develops. He played with Wemby. I'm not saying Wemby's coming to D.C., but he was a huge part of that team. What was your reaction? Because I was a little confused that Cam Whitmore slid that much. I would have loved the Wizards to pick him, pick him, but he slid in general. So clearly there was something up with him. I don't know. What was your reaction to the draft to Bilal?
1: Well, just I'll say this as my reaction. Like, I had a bunch of uh, like edits and tweets ready for like whoever we drafted. So I had like Anthony Black, Cam Whitmore, um, you know, all the guys that like maybe if Osar Thompson dropped, uh, Casey Wallace, I didn't have one for Bilal Kulavali. So obviously, it caught me off guard. Also, caught me off guard when I mean he when he went to Indiana at seven, that was like right before Woj tweeted it was traded. So I was like, "Damn!" Like I I wanted that guy. I thought you know with us rebuilding, it would be a good piece for us. And then I saw the Wizards have traded up and drafted him, and I'm like, "All right!" Like that's that's how you do it. Um, a couple of things if I, I I could say about the the overall drafting and the trade up, we had to be aggressive. Uh, Brian Win Winhorse reported like teams like Utah and, and Toronto were going to jump us to get him, And a lot of so people. That's what were, I was
0: going to ask you. So teams were going to, is that true? And Yeah. Is, is it really? I mean, that's like awesome that we did that then. But like,
1: I feel like he wasn't that high in draft boards. I think towards the, he was a little towards the mid to back end of the, of the lottery, a little in the teens. And then as the finals happened and he played a little better in, in France. And then he came over here and did a little bit of work uh, and workouts. The steam started picking up and and people were mocking him. Like he's not going to go outside the top 10. So I think what was going to happen was a team was going to jump us and take him. And we're in Indiana was basically like, look, we're going to take Jerris Walker no matter what at seven or at eight. If you want to give us some seconds um, and up the offer for whoever's going to trade up, like we'll just trade with you and move back to eight as opposed to trading and getting another first, but moving back to like 10 where Utah was or uh, 13 where Toronto was. So giving up two second round picks, one of which you just got in the Bradley Beal trade to move up and get the guy you want for your rebuild. That's pretty worth it to me. Um, But look, he he's a project. He's 18. Um, I'm older than him by more than a year. He's very young. He's six, six, but I believe six, eight now in shoes. He was 5'11 about 6 months ago so he's he's still growing. He could grow even even bigger. He's got a 7'2 wingspan. He's a lanky guy. He's very long. He he's great on defense, helps him out blocking shots, getting in passing lanes. He's 190, which is a little bit of a downside. He's he's not the biggest dude, but in the NBA that doesn't necessarily matter. You don't have to be the biggest guy if you're if you're skilled and you're crafty. But it, at the end of the day, it's the type of project you take on in, in a long rebuild. You're not drafting a Jairus Walker or a, um, you know, someone like one of the Thompson twins. Actually, I wouldn't say the Thompson twins, but, you know, you're not taking like an a NBA ready product to come and in and hold. You're
0: taking help a your Scoot team. Henderson or a
1: Henderson, yeah. Like, you're not taking someone to fit. And that was the, the problem before we traded Beal and Porzingis. I thought we were going to take Anthony Black or Carol Hendricks because they they fit our roster. When in reality, we should just be taking the best player available. And we were able to do that here. So I, I'm a big fan of the pick. What do you think about it?
0: Big fan as well. Um, you know, just like I mentioned, I, it's a project pick. He's not nearly as developed as the guys we were mentioning. And it's funny because like Anthony Black seemed like a lock. You know, no one really thought he was going earlier. Everyone had him linked to the Wizards. He, I think he said he wanted to be on the Wizards at one point. So caught me at a surprise. I love it. I think it's great. And I think you were actually, I saw this on your Twitter that he's looking to get time at point guard and they're trying to develop him on point guard. It's fascinating. And that's great because he's a six, six point guard at that point. It's almost like he's a do it all kind of guy. Let's take a gamble on him. Why not? These teams love him. Clearly he's high on draft boards. Clearly teams love him. and. I'm a big fan. It's a little exciting. I don't know too much about him. I've been looking into him. I, I didn't see him on the Wizards draft board or like any
1: kind of workouts. Did they work him out? What teams worked him out? He he literally did one workout and it was for the Wizards. Oh, interesting. Which was, yeah, that was pretty surprising. I think the probably he came in maybe two days a day before the draft. So he didn't have time to do a big workout. And the Wizards were basically like, look, come work out. We pretty much know what you what we have in you. And if you do that, like, we'll promise we will get you and you won't slide past eight. So he's like, all right, I'll work out for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm th- probably at that point, like Anthony Black was rumored to like, oh, he might move up um, to the Magic at six. He might, you know, he might move up boards. The top six or seven was pretty set. So we were like, all right, you know, if we work him out and he's good enough, we can get him
0: so yeah so and i look it's it's a great it's a great idea i love the idea of it while black probably would have been my preferred pick and by the way i want to talk about what the magic are doing good pick but i don't know
1: what do you think like do they need a guard? i mean i guess they need a guard right they might i think they might make some more roster moves i mean they have they have Black, Suggs, um, Cole Anthony, and Markel Fultz. Fultz is the only one on a long-term deal. I just say it doesn't make sense. But, uh, again, Orlando has a bright future. They really like taking best player available. It just happens that it's been a point guard every year. Every year, I was going to say.
0: <laughs> like, they have Cole. Like I, I, It was very, very surprising. And I like what they're doing. They're adding a lot of young talent. I mean – both the way I mean Franz obviously great he had a great rookie great rookie season Cole Anthony a dog Paolo being one of the best rookies in recent history like they are developing a really good team little surprise to Anthony black pick but teach their own um yeah but he should be great Bilal should be really exciting to watch um raw talent but I think it's just the right idea with the direction the team is going we are in no contention to win right now. Let's take a gamble. We saw what happened to Giannis. Let's beat this guy up. Let's develop a handle for him. Let's make him let's make him a fucking beast, honestly. Um, and then, real quick, I wanted to talk Summer League. So, the roster came out, and um, it's interesting. You know, Tristan Vukcevic, I think that's how you say his last name. Um, we were a little skeptical on him playing in the Summer League. He's on the roster. Should be exciting for him to watch. Are there any other standouts on this summer league team that you think could really make an impact and might impress us wizards fans?
1: Johnny Davis. Uh, I might catch some slack for it, but he was so bad in last year's summer league. Like I, I, anything he does that's remotely positive is going to be good for me. Uh, He doesn't really have a game like he's not going to be putting up 30 points like some would expect him to against these guys. He's probably going to put up a couple like 10, 15 points. But if he truly impacts the game, he's defending, he's not turning it over. He makes a couple deep shots. That'll be enough for me to say, look, you know, I am a little optimistic about what he could bring to the Wizards this season. I'm looking forward to Xavier Cooks as well. He showed last season he can be a utility type guy, someone who's always going to give full effort. Uh, you know, clean up the glass. He's not going to be like a stretch big or a three point shooter, but he'll always be scrabbing for loose balls, kind of like that that glue guy that a lot of people, a lot of contending teams have. I don't know if he has too much of a role in terms of this Wizards roster, but if we start to get good, you might see some some minutes from him. Obviously, Bilal is the the main attraction. Mm-hmm there wasn't there's not much film of him in France like he started on the uh, under 19 or under 21 team and then he moved up to the the pro level team and I a lot of people were like oh he only averaged five points like a lot of times with overseas prospects I feel like they don't average a lot of points they just come over here um, and you know they're not playing maybe as many minutes over there but he, uh, you know, hopefully he'll come over here and not only just show his scoring. I hope people, you know, if he puts up six, seven points, don't call him a bust. Like, watch his defense. If I had to tell you to watch one thing, watch him defend and and then make a decision because I think you'll really be impressed with the way he defends. Johnny Davis even had a quote today talking about, like, dude, you can't get by him on defense. He's locked down. So I'd watch out for that. Uh, Jules Bernard, that's my last one. He, he came in a trade last year in the, the G League to the go-go. And, and he just lit it up. He put up great numbers. I think his second year out of UCLA, he's, a, he's just a shooter. He's a, a shooter that can get to the rim. Um. So, yeah, I'd, I'd look out for Jules Bernard. I think he's going to put up some good numbers.
0: Jules Bernard, John Davis, blah. I agree. I, I definitely agree. It's Johnny's time to shine. You know, we drafted him expecting him to be this – two-way dominant he's a 6'5 point guard he he, we really had pretty high expectations for him he was a beast in college at wisconsin um but he's been a little underwhelming so it's his time to shine i totally agree with you and yeah look i'm excited i'm glad you came on i'm glad we chopped it up a little bit just one more question when are we going to win a championship that's not what I expected. Just give me a year because I have an answer and I'm going to stick with it. And right. I regret saying it, but I, when are we going to have a parade in DC? When are we going to see whether it's, who knows, Jordan, Poole, whoever, when are we going to see them hold Valerio Larry O'Brien? When are we going to see everything?
1: Give me, give me 2028. 20, give me 2028. 20, uh, like maybe 2029, 20, but like, Bilal is gonna to have to be pretty developed by then. I, I'm to switch. I'm gonna say 2029. 20, okay, Law is gonna to have to be pretty developed by then. He's gonna to have to be something like Giannis. Like, we're gonna to have to have that that guy that we draft that just turns into one of the best players in the league. And I've seen a lot of comments about you know a lot of people on this roster won't be there when you win. That's true. I if I'm looking at the roster now, I don't even know if any of these guys except for Bilal, maybe Corey, Denny. Will be there when and if we win a championship, mm-hmm. uh. So I, I wouldn't cons- I wouldn't necessarily bank on it. You know, it doesn't have to be soon enough to where Kuz and Jordan Poole can be there. Jordan Poole is only twenty four, so he he's got so much time in the league. Kuz just about to turn uh twenty eight, so I would say twenty twenty nine. Do I think we're gonna win? Like my my luck with with sports teams has been so bad. I have the DC have, man. <laughs> I'm a commanders fan too. I've never witnessed a playoff victory in my life. All my friends are Eagles fans. They got to watch three this year alone or two this year alone. It's just like nothing to them. I would, it would make my entire year if we won one, yeah. but you know, hopefully eventually both my teams get there, especially the wizards to a point where we're just regular contenders and we're regularly in the conversation. Like the Sixers have been the Celtics, the, uh, the heat, the Lakers, um, just a team that isn't the laughing stock of the league and is always competitive. And Michael Winger even said that himself. He wants to build a generational contender in DC. He started pretty well doing a bunch of things that I personally would have done if I were GM, making a lot of decisions, guarding bad contracts, bringing in new pieces. So I'm I'm excited for the future roles. Do I think we're going to win a championship? Like I wouldn't say we're gonna, but I'm always going to be, be hopeful. So,
0: yeah. I'll double down on that. 2029, I don't know who's going to be holding that trophy up, but it's going to be someone in D.C. Six years, baby. We can do it. We can do it in six years. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Um, I mean, talking Wizards is one of my favorite pastimes, um, and I really appreciate your insight. I love what you're doing,
1: and we'll chop it up again soon, man. Um, So, yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. This is one of the more fun podcasts I've I've done. So anytime you want to have me back on, I'm here, man.
0: Appreciate that. Thanks, man.